Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, sir? Well, let's get this show on the road, Dan. Yeah, man, a little, had a couple technical difficulties <laughs> yeah, today. We, uh, we're doing like road shows now. I'm finally back in Florida in the home studio. I'll be back in uh, New York and D.C. next week. We're rolling around, moving and shaking, things going on. Oh, it's just so busy over here. And thank you for... Uh, your your continued loyalty and listenership to the show, folks. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Too much content for any uh, sh- uh, small talk today. Let's get right to it. Um, you know, I titled the show today, Is Justice Blind Anymore? Is it just political? And, you know, I get it. Titles of shows are obviously, as Joe well knows, designed to hook you in. Folks, this is a business as well. I I want you to listen to the show. And if it's a boring title, um, you know, like today's show is about the mechanics of paint drying and how exactly (laughs) no one's going to listen. But being very serious for a moment, this that title, a lot of times I have to think this through the titles. Today's title just came naturally, instantaneously to me. Because there's a couple things I want to get to, other stories as well, this tax bill thing. There's there's some massive debunking that needs to go on. But what happened in San Francisco last night and this morning with Mike Flynn pleading guilty should have every American, regardless of your political stripes, although I know it won't, um, rightfully concerned. Now, first, in San Francisco, what am I talking about? For those of you who may have missed it last night, mm-hmm. the Kate Steinle case uh, was, there was a verdict in the Kate Steinle case last night. The Kate Steinle case, for those of you who are not familiar with the case, Kate Steinle was a 32-year-old woman. She was walking in San Francisco on a pier with her father, uh, an illegal immigrant who had been deported five times, who was a, a, a known felon in possession of a stolen Bureau of Land Management government firearm, a firearm I'm intimately familiar with, the Sig Sauer 40 caliber. That's the weapon we used in the Secret Service, just in 357 Sig, but it's essentially the same weapon. Mm-hmm. Fired the weapon. The illegal immigrant disputes how it was fired, of course. He says, oh, you know, I had it wrapped in a cloth. Then he said he stepped on it. Then he said he was shooting at some sea animals or whatever. Regardless, the weapon fired while in his possession severed the aorta of Kate Steinle, an innocent bystander, hit her in the back, and she died. And her last words to her dad is her, God bless this man. I don't know how he has the strength to even, I, I can't even imagine what he's going through right now. She dies in her, in her father's arms. And, the, and apparently, the last words that she's reported to have said to her father she said, you know, help, help me, Dad. Now, to those of you out there who have kids and daughters um, specifically, although I have no doubt the love for uh, your sons is that, but I only have two daughters. I don't have a son. Mm. You know, when, when, when my daughter's hungry because her last meal was three hours ago, not three days ago, and I see just a little bit of pain in her eyes, a little bit of me dies every minute. I mean, every when my when my daughter had her her finger caught in a door one time, she got a someone slammed the door in her finger. <laughs> For days, I swear I felt that pain, albeit maybe not physically, but mentally worse than she did. My little one, you know, a little bit of you dies every minute when you're you feel that pain of your kids, and there's nothing like it. Now, Joe, I, I, Joe, I know little Joe. I know I'm, mm. you know what it's like to have son. I know you feel the exact same way. 
I mean, as I notice, even when I talk to Joe, even about like little things, there's always a little Joe angle because that's Joe's life. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to him about like brick house. He's like, yeah, little Joe's growing in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk to him about radio. Yeah, little Joe loves the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, this man, Mr. Steinley, cradled his daughter's head as she died in, her, in literally in his arms. And, you know, I read it. I mean, I read this, and the first time, I know about the story, as many of you do, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound a little discombobulated, but please just roll with me for a minute here, because this is not going to be as planned as I, it usually is on the show, because it's a very emotional topic for me, and I'm trying to be delicate and balance this the right way. But this morning, I did a Fox and Friends hit from my home studio, and right before going on the air, I'm sitting there in my, my chair, it's the same studio I do the podcast in camera's on the camera operator he drives up and comes into the house in the early morning it's about 6 15 i read that for the first time the portion joe where steinley tells the father right before kate steinley tells the father before she dies help me dad and even though it was six o'clock in the morning and i was dead tired i mean i was tired folks i've had a long couple days i started welling up. I mean, I'm an emotional guy. I don't run from it. I don't, I'm not shy about that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. But as Joe knows, being in this business too, when you connect to Fox, you connect early. Mm-hmm. You don't get the, the hit time for me, the appearance time on Fox and Friends this morning was 640 or so Eastern. But what they call the window, whereas Fox buys a window from a camera company, it doesn't open up at 639 and clip, right? You know what I'm saying, Joe? They buy yeah, a block yeah. of time because, you know, the commercials and everything, you never know exactly when you're right. going to hit. The window opened early. And I can only imagine what the Fox people who were watching me in their control room, what they were thinking. And I remember that going through my head. Like, do they know that I'm welling up right now or they think this is due to allergies or me being tired and I was a little embarrassed to be candid because I'm like why they must be saying in the control room well what's wrong with Dan and that's what was wrong I was reading on my phone help me dad and I just couldn't get out of my head like my gosh what if this was my daughter I mean folks can you imagine the 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 you can't, I mean, let's just be candid. This is unimaginable pain. Thankfully, unimaginable. Thankfully. I mean, it's hard for you to imagine because most of you thank the Lord, and that is not using his name in vain. I mean, it will never experience that. But this woman was killed by an illegal immigrant, admittedly a, admitted drug user, with a stolen gun, fired the weapon, then Joe is on video fleeing the scene. It's not in dispute. It's not like Joe, he fired the weapon and went, oh my God, I made a mistake. What just happened? Sir, I can't believe I just did that. Uh, no. He's on video fleeing the scene, running away. And it's also been reported that he threw the gun in San Francisco Bay. He did not surrender. He didn't go up to the cops and say, hey, here's the gun. Look what I did. And to finish up the story, after the weapon discharges while in his possession, severs the order and penetrates the back of Kate Steinle and kills her in her father's arms as she says, help me, dad. The jury comes back with a verdict. 
and says basically not guilty on every serious charge other than possession, possession of the weapon. Joe, he even skates, this, this illegal alien who should not have been here, he even skates on an involuntary manslaughter charge. He's basically given nearly a free pass. Dude. What, 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 you know, what, what, what do you even say? I mean, what did San Francisco, where this, this trial happened, what did you tell the world last night? That again, justice isn't blind. It's totally political in your in in your uh, locality, in your city. What'd you tell the world last night that you, apparently you can enter the country illegally, Joe, multiple times, be deported multiple times, be a known drug user, be a felon. You can find yourself in possession of a stolen government high-powered handgun. By the way, it's a pretty powerful round, the forty caliber Sig round. Yeah. Well, it's actually 357 SIG, but the 40 caliber round is a powerful round in the SIG Sauer firearm he used. The gun discharges in your possession. Even if you take him at his word that he was playing around with it. You were playing around with it on a pier full of people? Are you an idiot? How is that not involuntary manslaughter? Joe, if you were in a baseball dugout with a bunch of kids swinging a bat around and the coach tells you, hey, Joe, that's a really bad idea. You're going to hit a kid in the head and you keep swinging and hit a kid in the head and kill him. I promise you're probably going to be convicted of involuntary manslaughter. This guy was a felon playing with a loaded high powered handgun on a crowded pier and severed the aorta of a 32 year old woman. And he gets off on everything but a possession charge. Folks, if this is not a rallying cry to spike amnesty and all of this other garbage associated with a false immigration debate, I don't know what is. Now, you may say, oh, you're making it political. No, 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 no. Life is politics, ladies and gentlemen. Politics is life in many respects. I mean, to see more, you know, I'm not doing a Socrates Plato moment. I'm being absolutely candid. Politics of tax cuts are about your wallet and your livelihood. The politics of health care could mean life and death for you. The politics of an faux, I say faux immigration debate are absolutely in some respects relevant to your daily life as well. Because this isn't about immigration, Joe. This is about illegal immigration. Those are two different things. Immigration is a process. You want to come here? There's a way to do it. How do I know that? I lived it. My wife is an immigrant to the country legally. Immigration is a well-documented process. Illegal immigration is law-breaking, plain and simple. This is not about immigration. You want to talk about immigration? Talk about the process. Well, we don't like this. We don't like that. We can take it with that. We can move that. Fine. That's not what you're saying. This is an amnesty program sanctioning an illegal activity. DACA and DAPA and all this other stuff. When you create a sanctuary city that says we are going to ignore the law and sanction law-breaking, this is not immigration. This is law-breaking. We are going to sanction it. People like this illegal immigrant who, who uh, is, is uh, involved in the death of, Stein, of Kate Steinle gravitate to places where they know the law won't be enforced, Joe. This is obvious to anyone who engages in reason. Yeah. Folks, this is a really deeply troubling case. I know I don't cover a lot of immigration stuff on the show. Um, and sometimes I'm sorry I don't do that. There's just so much breaking news daily. Joe and I honestly have a hard time yeah. getting to you in 45 minutes to an hour, the information we think you need for your commute to work. And we have to kind of triage our needs. But this is a devastating case. 
And I just encourage you to, uh, if you can, and you, f- you, you feel the need to, and I mean, I don't want to pressure anybody, but take a look at the hit I did on Hannity last night and on Fox and friends this morning, um, either on my Twitter, I'll try to get, if, I'll try to get one of them on my, uh, on the show notes today. Uh, I just feel really awful about the whole case, folks. It's just the dad that helped me. Dad thing is just, uh, <sighs> yeah, I know brother. It's just devastating. I mean, you can't as a parent, imagine no. that scene, you know, you know, they tell you, I, I mean, my, 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 the whole credo I've lived by in, 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 in content production here for you has been to, you know, paint a picture and ask a question, right? To paint a picture for you all when I need to and to ask a question to probe your minds. That's why I think we try to make the show interesting. And that's one of the, the, the tenets we live by. But this is one of those things where it's really disturbing for me to paint that picture because it really hurts thinking about that. Really awful. All right, folks, um, moving on a bit. It's, it's hard. There's no, no convenient segue from that. But additionally, you know, I, I opened up the show with is, is, is justice blind anymore? Is it simply political? Because what is going on with the Flynn case? Now, listen, the Mike Flynn, who was the appointed national security advisor over Trump, uh, who left the position shortly after being on the job, is now going to plead guilty this morning, apparently to false statements to the FBI. If he's going to plead guilty, that means he did it. I mean, he's pleading guilty, right, Joe? That's not, you know, there's nothing yeah. in dispute here about him pleading guilty to making false statements to the FBI. And I'm certainly, obviously, not encouraging anybody to do that. But, folks, I, if I can just, and, I, and this, I get it. I mean, I know a lot of the liberal listeners to the show say, oh, you're doing whataboutism again. Yep, you're right. I mean, your point stipulated. I am. This is going to be whataboutism because the whole idea of a fair justice system that is blind, like I titled the show, Joe, should, we should never have to ask whatabout questions, right? Right. I mean, if justice is blind, Joe, and you and I, bro- let's say you and I, Joe, both rob a bank and you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Mm-hmm. I get prosecuted. You don't. And you skate. It's a, I, I think it's fair living in a constitutional republic for defenders of me to say, OK, well, Dan did it. He's guilty. I just admitted Flynn. I mean, if Flynn does, in fact, plead guilty, he's guilty. He said he was guilty. It's nothing for me to, uh, to dispute about that. But it's a fair point if I admit to robbing the bank to say, well, why isn't Joe Armacost in jail for robbing the bank, too? Right. Is it not? Yeah. Now, I get it that you can say, oh, that's whataboutism, but why are we even engaging in an affair system? Joe gets locked up, too. Me and him are both in jail. The problem I have with this case, folks, is not Flynn's pleading guilty. If he, if he did it, he did it. That's fine. Listen, that's the way justice works. Conservatives don't do convenient justice like liberals. The problem I have with this whole thing is where are the charges against Hillary? Now, folks, you may say, okay, well, she didn't technically lie to an FBI agent. No, technically you're right, and we do have to, charges do have to absolutely fit the crime. But my gosh, how many lies did Hillary tell? There was no classified information on the server. Uh, we don't know what happened in emails. They were emails about yoga. I mean, the litany of lies. That, folks, it just goes to show you again that when you want to find, a, when you, in a, when a criminal justice system, that is polluted by cronyism and potential corruption, like I think sadly we have now, what do you have, Joe? You have a justice system that targets people and not, not crimes. Mm. You had a potential crime in the Clinton case. The, the forfeiting of U.S. information, classified secrets, kept on a private server that may have been accessed by a foreign government, according to sources of mine. And what happened? Zippo. Nothing happened. Yet in this other case where you target a person, Trump and his team, You'll find a crime anywhere. Oh, lying to federal agents. We got him. Folks, He apparently he's going to plead guilty. Again, that's what they're saying this morning. 
I, I get it. But I'm asking you, like, how do we proceed forward as a legitimate constitutional republic and not some third world justice system if this is the way it's going to be? If you have a Democratic presidential candidate, the winner of the Democrat primary for the presidency, and a known political operator in Hillary Clinton who can lie so uh, seamlessly and effortlessly over and over about a serious, incredible case, right? Mm -hmm. She gets off completely with nothing. And yet Flynn is now, like I see now, he's walking into the U.S. District Court in Washington and he's apparently about to plead guilty. I, I, I just, I'm flabbergasted, folks. Between Steinle and Flynn this morning, I'm wondering what, what's left of our, our once proud justice system. I, I really am. <sighs> Man, frustrating today. All right. Uh, no, I didn't want that. Scrap that. All right. So today's uh, show, folks, is brought <laughs> Joe was telling me yesterday, but can I, you know what? This is funny, Joe, because we had a conversation after this. So Joe has been a radio pro for a long time. And Joe's like, listen, I love your ads, but he's like, you really should incorporate them better, uh, you know, into the show. And he was telling me about this radio terminology and how like in, in radio, you've, you've heard radio rush and and Glenn and Sean and Mark and stuff and how they seamlessly read an ad. And he goes, I think it would be better for the companies if you do it. Now, Joe never intended on me using that speech to Seamlessly no. <laughs> incorporate, right? Is that an island Never. or what? How right. do we that, do? That is like the good. Joe's like they call it an island. That's the weirdest island ever. But it works for the purposes of this because I am in my home office right now, and I am breathing inside air, which I do all day. And listen, the air inside your house, as most studies will show, is way more polluted. Sometimes up to a hundred times greater uh, pollution levels than the air outside. Now. Our buddies at Filter Buy will change all of that. I have really bad allergies, so I love these guys. I need clean, breathable, safe air in my house. It's time. The seasons have changed. It's the perfect time to swap out your filters. I'm asking that you give these guys a look. It's filterbuy.com. They'll send you the size you need for your air filter within 24 hours, plus the shipping is free. You have a commercial location. You have 22,000 air filters in your factory. (laughs) Filterbuy.com will take care of you. You've got one filter in your house. Filterbuy.com will take care of you. They use double the industry standard MERV rating on most filter sizes. I'll spare you the technical stuff here, but it pulls the pollen, the mold, the dust, allergy aggravating pollution out of the air. You get to breathe clean, fresh air. All their filters are manufactured right here in the uh, in America, and they can ship any size and in any quantity. You'll save 5% when you set up auto delivery, and you'll never have to think about air filters again. By the way, I really appreciate everybody who supports our sponsors. You guys have been great on FilterBuy, too. They love us. Go to FilterBuy.com today. Get the best price on top of quality filters shipped within 24 hours, plus free shipping. FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. I really, really appreciate it, folks. You make us look like rock stars. I'm not kidding. Joe knows, man. It is yeah. like you guys are great. I just ask that you check them out, filterby.com. Okay. So moving on to a more, uh, you know, a lighter topic today, given uh, the the tragic news yesterday about that horrendous verdict. Dan uh, Horowitz from Conservative Review, where uh, I work, has an incredible piece. I strongly, strongly encourage you to read it in the show notes. I'm always candid with you. It's a little long. About 1,800 words or so. It's a little, but it's good. It's really good. It's at Conservative Review. I'll put it in the show notes uh, available at bongino.com. Uh, and if you subscribe to my email list, as always, I will email you the, these uh, stories every day. But it's a wonderful piece. And it, it's a thorough debunking of a left wing media. I think it was a New York Times story and a bunch of tweets about how the tax bill right now is going to. 
uh, inflate the tax liability of middle class families. In other words, the New York Times kind of headline overall to it is, is it, this isn't the exact headline, but you get the gist of it. It's like, oh, middle class people are going to get screwed over this tax reform. And Horowitz does, in my opinion, a masterful job of dismantling the scam. Because producer Joe, as you always know, mm-hmm. there is always, always a scam. Do you have Randy Macho Man? Oh yeah, Handy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's always a scam, and Harwitz does a great job. So let's get right to the scams and the debunkings because this is really <laughs> genius. So uh, let me see. I think I screenshotted a couple things here because it was so good. I'm like, good for you, Dan. That was just terrific. Let's see. All right. Yes. So at one point, a New York Times reporter uh, or, uh, yeah, reporter goes, gets in a back and forth on Twitter. It's a respectful one. It's not particular. If it was me, it'd be different. You know me. I, I, I tend to go at it with people. But get into a back and forth about how exactly this tax bill is going to hurt the middle class. And Dan asked some very compelling questions. And here's the scam this guy used, Joe. This is incredible. At one point, the guy tweets back to him, well, we're just looking at some data. And when you look at a $75,000 adjusted gross income earner, 75000 So, you know, upper middle class, right, Joe? Pretty yeah. much. So the, the, let me set it up. The premise of the New York Times report is, well, you look at the data, you have this $75,000 adjusted gross income earner who is claiming, follow this, folks, because this is ridiculous. This is how he's claiming that this guy's going to lose money. All right? Are you following the premise, Joe? The New York uh-huh. Times guy is saying that this family or this dude that makes 75000 a year is going to be screwed by the tax bill, okay? All right. I'm but with you. You're with me. Here's the conditions he sets up for this guy to lose money and making this out like this is a standard case all over the country. He's like, well, if he claims... <laughs> if he claims... $33,000 in deductions and a $10,000 uh, mortgage deduction. What? 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 Folks. Folks. Who the heck at $75,000 a year? Seriously. I mean, this is the average is claiming 33000 in deductions. Listen to me. If you're a listener of my show and you make seventy five k in adjusted gross income, right? Mm-hmm. And you are claiming thirty-three thousand. Let's say it's like twenty-five thousand in charitable uh, charitable donations. Hey, <laughs> brother, sister, you got a big round of applause. You are the most generous human being I have ever met on the planet. And in the back and forth is in the piece in more detail. I just don't have any t- time to read through the whole thing. It's in the piece, but this is the gist of it and the, and the takeaway of this. He also claims, by the way, a $10,000 mortgage interest deduction for this guy at 75K. $10,000 mortgage interest deduction? Well, what? Uh, I mean, what does this guy own like that Richard Branson Island in in the Virgin (laughs) Islands? Folks, come on. Do you understand what these people... And you may say, well, what is the average mortgage deduction for that income range and roughly the 15% tax bracket? It's about 5,000, folks. Hmm. So it's about half. Clearly... The New York Times tweeter, in this case, is using extreme numbers to say this. Well, if he claims 33000 in deductions, which is absurd, and a $10,000 mortgage deduction, and he loses that because, yes, those deductions, some of them will go away. He's saying, look, he's going to, in the end, lose a couple hundred dollars. And he's going to, in other words, he's going to have to pay a couple hundred dollars more in taxes because the tax cuts, Joe, won't Mm -hmm. be enough to supersede the benefits of those deductions he had in the past. 
Folks, who the heck is claiming $33,000 in deductions? And Horowitz says, he's really, he's very self-deprecating and clever about it. He's like, hey, I'm a religious guy. I like to tithe, which is where you give a certain percentage of your income to charity. Joe knows what it is. You know, he's like, but I don't always get to do that. I wish I was giving $33,000 a year. I really do. But folks, most people aren't doing that, giving roughly half of their income away. And it's not all shit. To be fair, deductions could be other things as well. The point is, those are not realistic numbers. That's the way these New York Times folks are constantly screwing you over. Now, there's a, by the way, he, I'm not a huge fan of this child tax credit. I think it's a, it's a, it's the child tax credit. I, I, I'm afraid that they're making it refundable is basically another handout and it's going to turn into a welfare program over time. But Horowitz just gives you some simple numbers and he's candid in the beginning of the piece that I'm not really a supporter of this bill. That's him talking. But this is just ridiculous. Like this needs to be debunked. That the, you know, the tax bill for, and let me just read you a quote from the piece because this is a particularly good portion of it. This is from Horowitz's piece, Conservative Review. He says, first, anyone with children will clearly come out ahead. He's talking about the tax bill, Joe. He says, remember, in the current 15% tax bracket, uh, parentheses, the bracket opponents of the bill uh, are saying would get hit. In other words, the people paying the 15% bracket, the middle class, Joe. The personal exemption, which is eliminated under this bill, is only worth about $600 per person. Whereas the expansion of the child tax credit is worth $1,000. So between the lowered marginal rate and the doubling of the standard deduction of $24,000, there's no way itemized deduction at the income level this guy's talking about, Joe, the middle class, mm-hmm. and the lifestyle it would, it, it, would uh, it could sustain would be substantial enough to cancel out the tax benefits. Folks, it's a scam. Again, I'm not here to, to BS you, to, to, to obfuscate the facts. I don't do that. I've said to you, just like Horowitz does in what I think is a very good piece, this is not a perfect bill. On the income tax side, they could have done a lot more. On the reconciliation side, where they got to fit under this, and I'll get to that in a second, on the score, the new score that came out yesterday, but they got to fit under certain debt projections. It's nonsense. It's garbage. I think they could have done a lot better. I would have liked to seen the top rate come from 39.6 back down to 28%, where it was under Reagan. None of that's being done. But I agree with Horowitz in the beginning of the piece where he says, on net, Joe, Compared to what we have now, this is a far better tax plan going forward than what we have now in the status quo. And I agree wholeheartedly. And I just find it offensive that uh, me as a conservative, that I can come out and tell you honestly, here's what's going on. Here are the pros. Here are the cons. You all are very smart. You listen to my show. I read your emails. They're very intelligent. You all can make an, an opinion and, and, and uh, formulate an opinion on your own. I had a guy who emailed me the other day, and thanks for the email, saying, hey, listen, I'm trying to explain a way to my graduate students. They're going to lose a certain waiver on uh, you know, on, on the uh, deductibility of hours and the deductibility of, of student loans. And this and, and listen, you're not wrong. There are people who are going to lose. Some, and that's a, that's, a, that's a decision you have to make i've said repeatedly i think people need to get big i'm gonna lose some things under this that i, I don't i don't think i'm gonna benefit at all in this tax plan but i think on net for the united states joe for this country mm-hmm. i love this is a better plan going forward but that's a decision you have to make if you say no and you vote people out that's your decision that's a great part about living in a republic but know this i'm not gonna lie to you on the show and I'm sorry, not getting into detail on the student loan stuff and the deductibility of, of you know graduate students' workloads and and the uh, the uh, the endowment tax that's going to hit some of these institutions. I can, but those are 
like separate shows all together too. I'm just kind of addressing the email. My point in the whole thing is not everybody comes out a winner all the time on this. But I think on net, it is far better to the economy for the economy. And over the long term, the growth rates are going to more than make up for what you're going to lose temporarily in potentially a bit of a higher tax bill for some people, Joe. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm just really aggravated that liberals can never tell the truth. 33,000 in deductions on a $75,000 income. I'm sure that happens. <laughs> but is that really the case you want to use to put out on social media to indicate that the middle class are going to be hurt by the tax bill? Come on. Come on. Just be honest. Another point they make, the New York Times. And to be fair, not just the New York Times, but a number of other left-leading outlets, and I mean NBC and CBS and those other places as well, Joe, mm-hmm. is they say, well, you know, a larger amount of uh, money is going to go to wealthy earners as a result of this tax cut than will go to the poor. Folks, that is the dumbest point I have ever heard. Like, do you understand basic math? Folks, if you have the, the upper earners, the top 20%, Paying, depending on how you calculate payroll taxes, I'll be generous, anywhere from 70 to 90% of the tax load. If you, it de- again, it depends because are you, are you factoring in payroll, state and local as well? But let's be generous. Say they pay 70. The figure is actually much higher. Joe, you have two out of, uh, out of 10 people mm-hmm. paying seven of every $10 in taxes, and that's being generous. Mm-hmm. How is any tax reform package not going to benefit the people who pay the taxes over the people who don't. How? It doesn't make sense. Joe, if you have a $5 million a year earner who's a very productive member of society who hires 20 or 30 people in a, in a, in a, in a relatively large, uh, lar- I know it sounds um, oxymoronic, but a larger small business. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have two workers, they don't have 10, maybe they have 50. You're doing $5 million a year, but you are a net positive to the community and you're generating a million dollars in tax revenue between your corporation, your business you run, and your income tax. Mm-hmm. Any tax cut's going to benefit you. Of yeah. course it's going to benefit you on a larger nominal scale. Even if you get a 10% tax cut, Joe, on that bill, what's 10% of 100000 $10,000. If one of your workers is making 50 and he gets a 10% tax cut and he's only paying $10,000, what's 10% of that, Joe? $1,000. Of course the 10,000 to 5 million dollar earner is going to get a larger chunk of it. How would it, Joe, this is there a way to get around that math? No. I don't I don't think so, Dan. <laughs> that's your You got to I know that's not one of your many characters we've incorporated into the show. But yeah. it is funny. It's like your sarcastic, I don't think so, Dan voice, using the Joe voice. You know what I'm talking about. We don't, oh. have, we don't have a name for that cat, but I no. like that dude. I'm glad you like that, Dan. I do. I do. You, you are. You're a man of, you're, you're like that guy uh, in the M. Night Shyamalan movie I just saw, Split. He's got like <laughs> 16 different personalities. Although you're the sane one. It's all deliberate. I don't think that guy could control it in the movie. <laughs> By the way, cool guest spot at the end of that by uh, Bruce Willis. If you ever haven't seen the movie, I saw it on uh, on uh, HBO or something. It's actually pretty good. There's a cool guest. Wait till the end. I won't give away what happens, of course. But of, co- of course not. You're not going to make that math work out. If you have two out of 10 people paying the overwhelming majority of the tax load, and these happen to be very successful people who employ people, of course they're going to get a benefit. So showing a chart to go, well, look, rich people are going to get $10,000, and people in the middle class are only going to get 1000 back. Uh, uh, yes, that's called arithmetic. Why is that shocking? What, what, how, how, would you, how do you even with a straight face put that out as a talking point? Oh, man, is it frustrating reading this crap. All right.
Um, on the score, by the way, it just came out last night, the Senate bill. It was scored by the Joint Committee on Taxation. The score came out and said, surprised everyone last night, and said, Joe, uh-oh, now this plan is going to add one trillion more to the deficit. And everybody now is scrambling because, as you've heard on this show many times, they're using this reconciliation process. I, I, I get why. I wish they didn't. But the reconciliation process basically says to pass this in the Senate with just 51 votes, Joe, mm. without, you know, which would escape the filibuster, right? Right. The, the, it needs to be over the budget horizon. It needs to be budget uh, neutral or less. It, it can't add to the deficit. Now, how do they know that? Well, it's based on scoring. What is scoring? It's a crap way of doing business. These people are never right, the Joint Committee on Taxation. Oh, you think I'm wrong? You think I'm wrong about that? The Joint Committee on Taxation. On the Bush tax cuts, Joe, they were they were off by a little bit, Joe, on their estimate of how, what the Bush tax cuts, Joe, I'm air quoting here, would cost the government. I love that. Like, you get to keep your money and it costs the government. That's like comical. Cost the government, right? They were off by a little bit, Joe. Um, a half a trillion bucks. They were off by, no. just a tad. Joe, they missed it by a little. Just a little bit. They were only off by a half a trillion dollars. Now, here's the joke of the whole thing. The score that came out last night. Now, remember, under reconciliation rules, now the Senate squeezed a bit because now they're going to have to somehow scramble to get, you know, more, you know, m- more, more blood from a turnip because they've this $1 trillion in anticipated debt, which is going to be. A total nonsense and crap. Uh, now they have to scramble a bit to, to make up that number. But, Joe, here's the kicker. This is where even the tax foundations pointed out this is this is re- absurd. The Senate bill, which has a corporate tax rate in it of 20%, mm-hmm. in contrast to the House bill, which has a higher corporate tax rate of 25%, this Joint Committee on Taxation, which was off by a small half a trillion dollars on the Bush tax cuts has now said that the Senate bill with a lower corporate tax rate is going to result in less growth than the House bill at a higher one. If folks, if you're scratching your heads saying Bongino must have said that wrong, I did mm. not get that wrong. It makes no sense. The Joint Committee on Taxation should be thoroughly regard, uh, disregarded at this point, should be scrapped. This is a, a waste of time. They should say, okay, great, thanks for your advice and move along. This is a waste of everybody's time. You ever see Star Trek Three: The Wrath of Khan? Uh, yeah. Remember when yeah. they put those little bugs in their ears and they're like, "Ah!" You oh, remember yeah. that part that uh, Khan yeah. puts those little? Uh, I, I swear, I have my cans on my uh, my headphones. Joe calls them cans. I have the yeah. I have my headphones on. I'm back in my home office where I can hear better now. And I swear, I just felt like one of those things was like crawling in my ear. That's why I was like, is there, is this the, am I going to have to get one of those? Th- I, what is it? So they, they pulled, remember they, they put the little tweezers in, they pull them out. Yeah, that scene yeah, was yeah. nat. When I was a kid, Ooh. I was totally freaked out by that. I know yeah. it was crazy. All right, folks. So that's my, I got one more Ooh. thing on the tax thing. I just, I know we've been all over the tax thing, the tax bill, but it's, it's just, it's the same Democrat playbook all the time. And I feel an obligation to put out to you the proper and appropriate information so you can make an informed decision. And the Democrats just refuse to do that. They just refuse. And it's really sad what's going on because you have people voting. I Even my own um, brothers, I, you know, I love to death, but he's up in New York and he's like, hey, is this true? We're going to get screwed by the tax bill. I'm like, oh my gosh, you buy this too? It's really upsetting. I mean, apparently all his buddies are saying that. Do I going to get screwed? You're not going to get screwed by the tax bill. Read the Dan Harwood's piece. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. 
man, did these guys get me through a rough trip. I had a really, really long trip just now between the stem cell thing and the business meetings I had. We were at it all day. We had to record the podcast and boom, get in an Uber, get to the airport, fly back. Sean Hannity last night, Fox and Friends this morning. If you're asking yourself, how does Dan Bongino do in a third party Bob Dole? Bob Dole, Bob Dole says, how does Dan Bongino get through the day? It's dawn to dusk. It is a great product. It is an energy pill manufactured by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. These guys are great. They figured out a problem in the energy industry a long time ago. And the problem is a simple one. You take these energy drinks, you have a cup of coffee, and it works great for an hour or so. And then boom, you crash, you hit a wall, you collapse, and it's no good. I mean, what good is it if you need to be up and running for 10 to 12 hours at your peak to have one hour of just like maniacal energy and a nine hours of you can barely move and you feel like your feet are in cement blocks. Mm. It's no good. These guys figured out a way to time release their product in conjunction with their product developers. It is a great product. It's called Dawn to Dusk. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Again, the product is called Dawn to Dusk. It is a terrific product. I highly recommend it. Go out and give it a shot. If you are a blue-collar worker, white-collar worker, you have board meetings all day, you need to be on top of your game. Like me, you have media appearances, working moms, working dads, people just, you know, stay-at-home moms, shuttling the kids around all day. That's one of the toughest jobs in the world. Give it a shot. Dawn to Dusk. It's a great product. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Send us your feedback. Too. I always send it on right to Miles. He's terrific. All right. Uh, just two more quick things. So one more. Uh, Wall Street Journal today, Alan Blinder, who's become a favorite target for me. Uh, you, you know, I bring him up often on the show, Joe. Mm-hmm. He writes in the journal. And that's great. He's a clearly a far left uh, politician who disguises himself as some kind of economics expert is writing. And then he writes about things which are just ridiculous. I mean, he says stuff that's just nonsense. So he has a piece in the Wall Street Journal today that is even for him, I think, surprisingly vindictive, petty and just downright silly. And the gist of the piece is this, Joe. He lists out how this tax cut bill, what he thinks is a uh, is a bad thing, that the, the bill, because it's going to benefit Trump. So he's like, and it'll benefit Trump here, and that's why it's bad. And it'll benefit Trump here, and this is why it's bad. And it'll benefit Trump here. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Number one, I mean, that's a, you know, that's not the the point I want to leave you with is who cares, but because I, I actually have something a little more intelligent to say about it than I think he does. But just seriously, like, so what? I mean, I, I live in the United States of America. If I was the president of the United States and enacted a major income tax cut, I don't know what bracket I'm in. I'm assuming it's going to be the top one soon. But Joe, that would benefit me too. So what? We're supposed to scrap the whole thing because I would benefit too? I mean, is folks, is that a serious talking point? You know, I, I've, I haven't said it in a while, but for those of you who have even a cursory understanding of economics and are interested in more, I highly recommend you get into the field and, and you know, read some Friedman, some Schumpeters, Thomas Sowell. These are really, really terrific books on larger economic theories. But I, I'm fascinated by economics. And one of the things that's always kind of poked my interest is this idea of Pareto maximization mm. or the idea that a good policy, Joe, will will help at least one person without on net hurting anyone else. That's the measure of good public policy, right? What I don't understand is how this guy almost reverses that argument in this piece, Blinder, saying, well, if it benefits one person, 
It's subsequently bad for everyone else. Is that the dumbest thing? You it's, no, Joe. I'm being serious. Like, yeah. you, Joe is not an economist. He doesn't pretend to be. He likes the topic. He tells me after the show sometimes he found. See, it's like, hey, that was really interesting. Whatever. But can, can we both agree, Joe? Just using reason. Forget about fancy wonky econometric theories. That that is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Yeah, that's uh, pretty dumb, Mr. Blender. <laughs> it is right. Yes. It benefits Trump, although it may benefit the rest yeah. of the country. We got to throw it out now. What really kills me about the piece is he acknowledges in some of his subsets, he talks about the estate tax, the pass-through tax, the S-corp, lowering of the S-corp tax. He talks about this stuff, and he says a couple times, and this is a quote, now it's true that, let me say, what do you mean now it's true? He'll go now. He says it about the the pass through thing about the uh, the cut in the tax rate for S corps, right? Mm-hmm. He says, "Well, it's true that this tax court may benefit a lot of small businesses, but it's going to benefit Trump. So screw the tax cut." And you're like, "What? Wait, this guy's serious, folks? This is a piece in the Wall Street Journal. I'm not making this up. Not some rinky dink outlet." You know, it's not Joey Bagatona's blog factory. This is the Wall Street Journal where the guy legitimately writes a piece panning the tax bill, ripping it to shreds only because it'll benefit Trump while simultaneously acknowledging that a lot of other people will benefit from it too. I I, I'm, I'm, I hesitate to put it in the show notes because it's a subscriber-only piece. I'm telling you what's in there. But he opens up with, now it's true that this will benefit other people, but it benefits Trump and screw it, we got to throw this out. If this is not an example of... Stage 62 Trump derangement syndrome. I don't know what is. That is literally insane. It is reverse Pareto maximum. It's Pareto minimization. It will benefit one person. So forget everybody else. Throw everybody else overboard with you. I mean, I don't know Alan Blinder, but his name may be Alan Blinder, but he's the guy is, I, I, don't, I don't know how you credibly write a piece like that and maintain your, repreda- uh, your reputation in academia. I, we, I don't know we how were, you do it. We were thinking the same. I was going to say Blunder. Yeah, Alan Blunder. <laughs> I, exactly. It's a good one. Alan, he, that's, he will be referred to at this point on uh, by, the, by the moniker Alan Blunder. That is going to be his name because it's just a silly, dopey piece. And uh, by the way, his, his, his takedown of the repeal of the estate tax is just dumb, folks. Just remember with the estate tax, the death tax, the money's already taxed. So to all the liberal, your liberal buddies out there, oh, what do you want? Generational wealth? What what do you mean generational? It's already been taxed. When, When Joe the farmer, right, earns his money, he pays income tax. He pays corporate taxes if he's incorporated. Pays capital gains taxes on capital gains. He pays property taxes, local taxes. He's already paid taxes on that property. What are you talking about? When I pay my mortgage, folks, I don't pay it with pre-tax dollars. Now, there is an interest deduction for that, but once the interest is gone, there's not a principal deduction on it. You're paying taxes on that. Give me a break. This is just silly. Estate tax, generational wealth. Oh, no, so we should give it to the government instead. That's a much better idea. (laughs) Let me not be able to give it to little Joe or my daughters, Isabel or Amelia. Let me give it to the government. That's a great idea. Wow, here's some breaking news, by the way. Conveniently timed, Joe. Hmm. Senate Republicans set to pass sweeping tax bill as soon as today after a flurry of deal-making won over skeptics. Nice, folks. That's good news. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the bill, but I'm telling you on net, please trust me on this. I have analyzed this thing. I've picked through everything in it that is relevant to you. 99.9% of the people listening to this, you will be better off on net with this bill. It's not the greatest thing in the world. We can do more later, but this is a good step forward.
Okay, one final story, because it's another example from that file drawer I open once in a while, Joe. Liberals just like try, you know, pretending they're doing the right thing and actually kicking you in the teeth as you get up. You know, it's ah, not that they yeah. don't help you, it's like they actually hurt you. So we'll pop that file drawer open today and have an interesting story from both the Washington Examiner and an older story from Reason. I think it was from uh, May. I'm really starting to like what they put out, Reason Magazine. But they're interrelated. It's about these community development block grants. Now, this has come up again because Mick Mulvaney of OMB and the Trump administration had panned these things. These are basically cash handouts to communities to build stuff. And the guise of it, uh, it's, it's under the guise of, oh, we're helping out these communities that need development, hence the term community development block grants. The program's been a disaster, folks. And they panned it, but there's some talk now of using that particular program to benefit people in these flood and hurricane zones, of which I'm in one in Florida. This is a bad idea, folks. There are other ways to help people with state incentives and working with state and local governments. And I'm not I'm not I'm not averse to that. This is not it. These community development block grants have been a disaster. And you think I'm making this up? Here's some numbers and it'll be in the reason piece, which will be in the show notes today. Joe, a quarter of the money, a quarter, that's 25% for the liberals out there, a quarter of the money gets lost in administrative charges. I will guarantee you that's an underestimate. I will guarantee you it's closer to 40%, that they're being generous. Administra- in other words, let's just say government waste, because that's what it is. Also, this is crazy. These were designed to help poor, lower-income communities. Joe, the largest chunk of the community development block grants go to wealthier communities, not poor communities. And where, wait, wait. Let me give you, this is a quiz, Joe. Now, this is not a trick question, but I'm going to set you up, and I promise this will be a bunt for you. All right. Not only does the largest chunk of the community development block grant money go to wealthier communities, but it goes to communities, This I'm going to ask you what the area is in a minute, but I'm going to set you up here, okay? Mm-hmm. It goes to an area of the country. Here's a hint. I'll give you a couple. This area of the country contains the United States Capitol. Well, that, you're not done yet. Get ready. You live close to it. The White House is in this area. There are also a tremendous number of government lobbyists who live around this specific area. Now, the initials for the area are W. You ready? There's more. D. You writing this down? C. What area do you think gets the majority of community development block grants? I will give you a moment to contemplate this very difficult question. Well, Dan, I, I'm going to say Washington, D.C. Oh! Oh! This guy, dude! Folks, is there a smarter executive producer anywhere in the radio industry other than Joe Armacost? Of course not. The guys, who else would have figured that out? That was genius. Of course the money goes to Washington, D.C. This is a huge scam. I'm sorry. It's a bad idea. I get what the administration's trying to do. Again, I'm not averse to help. I'm kind of joking around a little bit. It's not really funny about the flood stuff, but that part is because it's just, again, liberals, oh, we're helping poor people. What, in wealthy communities around Washington, D.C.? Give me a break. Stop smoking us all up, okay? Cut the crap. Let's get to the point but this is a bad idea there's better ways to do it 
There's, you don't have to do this stuff. Get away from the community development block grants. It's it's not not a good idea at all. Joe, you really are a genius, I must say. You were one of the smartest executive producers in the business. How you figured that out? I just uh, wow. I don't I, I just don't know. Uh, Thank you, Dan. Maybe we'll have to talk off the air. I'm going to give this guy an IQ test, and we'll publicly report it on the show later <laughs> on. I guarantee you, it's about 145. All right, folks. Thanks again for another great week of listenership. I deeply appreciate it. Please subscribe to my email list at bongino.com, and I will send these uh, these articles right to you. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.